This morning we're in Ephesians 1, and we're going to go from verse 7 through 14. Uh, last week we talked about, uh, I'll just scroll up to it, verse 3, which is the blessings of God the Father. So and we learned a lot about what it means to be in Jesus. So if you'll remember the example I showed last week, which was a, taking a pen and putting it into a book or your Bible, and so if the book represents um, Jesus, we need to be in Jesus for us to get the blessings from the Father. And So this is a very key point that we need to remember because of how often in Him, with Him, by Him are all emphasized in these first, um, first chapter. And if you'll also remember, verse 3 through 14 is all one sentence. It's a long run-on sentence about the blessings we have in Christ. And the we've been digging into what verse 3 says are spiritual blessings. And what are our spiritual blessings? Um, they... Uh, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him, verse 4. Verse 5, the other spiritual blessings is that we are predestined to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So these are all the blessings we get from the Father to the Son. And so because we're in the Son, we get these same blessings. It's important to remember that. So here in verse 7, we're picking up the blessings of Christ. So it changes from talking about God the Father to God the Son. So reading verse 7, Nana Setsu, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I'm going to pause there. So if you'll remember when we, we talk about the gospel, and we talk about the gospel often, that we are... Uh, dead in our trespasses. We are, are hopeless sinners that cannot live a perfect life according to the law um, because we, oh, you're going to fall asleep, um, because we're sinners. We're born fallen. We're all born with this fallen nature. And so the only way per the old covenant to be saved, to come into God's presence, to have peace with God is by living a perfect life, by living a perfect life according to the, the Old Testament law. Now, if you've met anyone, a human or not, all the humans can't do this. They just, they just can't live perfect lives because we're fallen. And so the one person that did do this was Jesus. And this is because God came in the form of a man to, to live this perfect life for us. It's important to, to know that we have forgiveness of sins, we have redemption through his blood, and, and when we're in Jesus, we're seen as though we had done the things Jesus had done when, when we were judged by God. And so it's, it's important that we get in Jesus so that we can have these, these blessings. <coughs> Instead of seeking out to be perfect or righteous or whatever it is <coughs> excuse me that the world tells you that you need to do to be perfect or to, to make it to God it's it's already been done for us it's been done for us through
through Jesus dying on the cross. Now, the redemption here, redemption means to redeem. Um, when you go to Daiso during certain seasons, it's a dollar the Hyakuen store, um, you get little stamps depending on how much you you buy. And each of these stamps you kind of put onto a, a sheet of paper. When you fill up a certain amount, you can redeem, you can trade in this piece of paper to get a stuffed animal or a bowl or cut uh, knives or whatever. But so the stamps are you use to redeem this thing. And so in the same way, Christ's blood redeems us. It's not our blood that's be pay, being paid for our life, our, our, our perfection is, is, is far from being perfect. We're far from being sinless. But Jesus, through his work on the cross, through his death on the cross, he redeems us. He buys us out of this world so that we don't have to live a perfect life, so that we don't have to try to earn our salvation or our relationship with Christ. So it's very important to remember that it's we get to heaven not through our works. We'll get to heaven not through our righteousness. Jesus Christ paid it all on the cross to redeem us, to buy us out of this world. And through his blood, we have the forgiveness of sins. Like Jesus Christ was sinless, perfect blood. And when he died, he paid that price for us. And that's, that's so amazing. And it was according to the riches of his grace. Now, grace is a present that you cannot buy and you cannot earn. And so there's this amazing picture of who God is and what he's done when we talk about and learn about his grace. And we see here also in verse 7, it, it's called the riches of his grace that that he is uh, rich in grace, that he has so much that he is able to and willing to give it out to anyone that would want to find themselves in Christ. Anyone that, as we'll look at toward the end of the chapter, that hears the gospel and responds to the gospel through belief and faith. So we see that he is rich. Anyone can come to God. Anyone can come to Christ and receive these blessings in him. So verse 8, Hachisetsu, when he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Well, I'm going to start back up a little bit more. So um, the forgiveness. So this is seven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So his grace, he is making abound toward us. He's he's leaning in and saying, you can you can have this grace. You can do. You can be seen as righteous with me if you would only be in me. And he does this in wisdom and 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 all all knowledge. He wants us to understand. He wants us to know what he has done for us. And we need to, to learn what he's done for us. We need to, to unravel what we're going to call in the future, very short future, the mysteries. Um, speaking of it, verse 9. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, 
according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So in verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will. So what's the mystery of his will? It's not so mysterious. In the Bible, mystery is never like something mysterious or unknown or vague. It always denotes something that was previously hidden, but now revealed by God. And so the mystery is that the Gentiles and the Jews would be able to find salvation in Jesus. It's not just the salvation of the Jews. Even though he's a Jewish, Jesus was a Jewish man, he came through the Jewish nation, he came to save the Jews, but he also came to redeem the Gentiles too. And this is this is the mystery that we're always talking about in the New Testament, is the mystery of his will, which is that, that they would be come together in one body in Jesus Christ. Those that know, that are Jews or Israelites, those that aren't. And I want to uh, point this out also by looking at Ephesians 6, 19 through 20, which is called the mystery of the gospel, which I'm going to have to uh, pull up here in So I don't have this in the Japanese and English. So we're going to start here. Verse 19. Verse 19. You can do it. All right. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And so we see that this mystery of the gospel is not something that's supposed to be hidden. It's not supposed to be mysterious. He's trying to make it known. He needs to tell people what what it has been shrouded or not clear to see because it has been revealed to us that have the word, the, the Bible, the scriptures, that Paul's work here in Ephesians, which we'll get to because it's in verse 6, is is to reveal the gospel, to reveal Jesus, God, what he has done on the cross. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do, is boldly proclaim this mystery of the gospel, which is fantastic and amazing. So this mystery isn't supposed to be mysterious. It's just something that was previously hidden that is now being made known to other people. So it's important that we know this. And the the mystery Jeff, of his, uh, yes. Jeff, uh, what? Which verse did you show us? Just, just, you just show us. Ephesians six nineteen and twenty. Plus six nineteen. Uh, actually, I can do this. So 19 and 20. So, verse 19. Um, so this is the mystery. This is what is we should want to reveal to people because people are so in the dark, literally um, walking around, making up their own religion, their own 
standards of belief, how they should live their lives, what is good, what is bad, they, they don't know. And we need to reveal the mystery to them and let, give them the chance to decide if they're going to follow God or if they're going to follow themselves. It's so interesting that, that in Japanese it's not really that, that they translate it mystery. It's not really mystery. What's it, how's it, what does okugi mean? Okugi means that, that it's like a, a, a core a wisdom, core wisdom. Okay. It's that it's okugi is not really it doesn't have any meaning the hidden. Okay. It's almost like a, it's really the most important teaching. Okay, and then in. Interesting, how you said okugi means that really important teaching. And mm. when we talk about the mystery. Okugi is also what they uh, use here. There you go. So, so yeah, it is. It's not supposed to be a mystery. I mean, that's it is the core. It is like you said that that's a great. I'm glad they translated it that way. But it's it's not supposed to be a mystery. It's supposed to be the core foundations and the teachings that we need to be. Exactly. It, that's what that means. Core foundation teachings. That's that's what it is. That's, in Japan. Okay. So that's what we need to be sharing with people and and giving but them. Did, Yes. It, mystery in English does it have a, that kind of meaning? Like it's a foundation of the like, no, it doesn't. It does not. Doesn't. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I don't. I don't know um, why they chose to translate it that way. When we see it in the Bible, it's it's never meant like mysterious. So maybe it's a misunderstanding on how we understand the word or how we use the word these days. Because. We don't have a mysterious religion. We have a very clean, plain, clear, yeah, open. It's like a truth. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's truth, which we're going to get into in the next couple of verses. <clears throat> so, this is what we're supposed to be proclaiming boldly. This is what we're supposed to be sharing with people, so that they may know what the truth is and they may respond to it in the way that we responded to it, so that they can know their Savior, they can know their God, their Creator and live a life more abundantly, to live a life that, that is whole and, and good and mature compared to our broken, lost, wandering around in the dark um, lives without Christ. So that is, that is it. So yeah, it's always those fun things between different translations. So having made known to us the mystery of his will, so this is the, the core knowledge of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So God isn't trying to be mysterious and far off and and not be a part of his people. He's trying to communicate to us. He's trying to talk to us. He's trying to reveal that to us. And he doesn't do that through the nature, like the book of nature. He doesn't do that. He does that through his son and then through his writings, the scriptures, so that we can share what we have heard with other people. Because this is what what he wants us to do. This is what pleases God to use us in him. 
Alright, so verse 10. And again, here's another one of those funny words that's used. I don't know what it is in the Japanese. That in the dispensation of the fullness of this the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, in him. So we have in Christ in the sentence and in him in the sentence because we're, again, we got to remember that with that pen inside of a book, this is all for those that are in him. So he's not trying to gather together those that are outside of him. He's trying to gather together all that is in him, all those people that are, are believers in him. Now, the word dispensation here is not a normal word that we use. Um, and he, here, well, so the Greek word is sometimes translated as stewardship, like uh, a servant that... Uh, takes care of his master's home, uh, is, and that's that's the idea of a stewardship. And you can see that in the parable of the was it of the servant um, in Luke sixteen one through thirteen. But we're not going to go there and look at it. But it just means to, to take care of it, to to be a good steward of the word. Um, that. Yeah, at just the right time, that all things are going to be gathered together in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth. So we, we have this future thing that's going to happen because it hadn't come together yet. We're, we're not really gathered yet. Not, not in the final way that this is talking about, but we will be. There's this hope that it will come, that we will be gathered together to him, in him, and that we need to be good stewards so that when that time comes, we'll be found and God will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Verse 11 starts with, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Um, verse 12, That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So again, we start off with a sentence with, In him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance. Now, remember we talked last week about this inheritance, that we are actually predestined to adoption. If we will go back to look at verse 5. Go, and remember, this is one long sentence, so the idea is the same. So having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So here we talked about last week that predestination, is, the adoption is the destination that we're going to be headed toward. That's what God has determined for us that are in him, that we would be adopted as sons. And so this word predestination is tied to this word adoption. And here again, in verse 11, this word being predestined, is tied to the idea of inheritance because that's when we get adopted we get that inheritance and like we talked about last week um, the Roman idea of adoption is different than our modern-day idea of adoption when a Roman Lord was going to um, pass his business on he had to adopt one of his own sons or someone else that wasn't his son someone that worked for him or uh, someone else from a wealthy family to take his place. And that adoption gave him all of the rights as a true son and heir to receive what his father had, his quote-unquote father, his adopted father, 
or maybe his natural born father um, has done and prepared for him. So in him, going back to that idea, we have a, obtained an inheritance. So we don't get the inheritance if we're outside of Christ. The inheritance is only if we're in Christ. And this inheritance is being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So we are predestined to the purpose of him. So the purpose of God, purpose of, I believe, Jesus in this very specific one, um, is that we would be holy and without blame, that we would um, walk with him, that we would be sons and daughters of Christ because this is what he's purposed in himself. We who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So so again, this who is he talking about that's going to obtain this inheritance? It's those who first trusted in Christ. It's not about people that were chosen before. It's not about the elect that were chosen before the foundation of the earth. It's people who tr first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So our purpose is to be... Um, to give glory to God but and to, to give praise to him because that's of all that he's done for us through his uh, death on the cross. Now, so it's not like a, we are programmed, like Robert, we are programmed to do things according to his program. It's not It's not that. It's the predestined that they're talking about. It's like a, it's a predestined of the gospel. Well, it's a bigger picture. So that you bring up a, a interesting point. So is this predestination for salvation? Is that in here at all in verse eleven or twelve? Do we see predestined to salvation? Uh, it's our choice. It the we are, yes. We are given choice. And we'll receive the, the, the gospel or not to receive the gospel it's up to us that's right we'll, we'll look at that in verse 13 but so this predestined for his the, his purpose and his will so once we become believers once we trust in the lord he has very specific um purposes for us he has chosen us for reasons to do certain right. things for his kingdom and right. that is his purpose for us whatever whatever yours is whatever mine is they're going to be different they're not this is not a purpose to salvation this is us working out the kingdom in the world and so we are constantly at odds with his will and his kingdom because we have our own will that we we fight against his but he we we want to do good but so often we do bad and paul even says that he he fights against the flesh and hates that he does what's wrong while he knows what's right and so 
if we truly walk in the will of God by the Spirit, in the Spirit, we're going to be doing God's will on earth. But this is not talking about salvation. Because this is not what this is talking about. The the people that want to make predestined to salvation, um, that's just not the context of what we're looking at here. They'll, they'll change things and add stuff into it to make it seem like that predestined and chosen and elect is all to salvation. And it's just not how the Bible uses those words. And the fact that they think that all these special words mean the same thing doesn't doesn't make any sense. Each word has a very specific and distinct meaning and purpose for those words. And so we'll look at it in chapter 2, but it's going to say that we are, it's 2.10, that we are his workmanship. And what, what that word means is poem. So God is writing our life like a poem. It has rhyme, it has structure, it's beautiful if we'd only walk in his will. When we're the boss, when we write our own story or our own poem, like it sounds like nonsense because we don't know the beginning from the end. We don't know what the rhyme is or the cadence. So we need to allow him to write our, our story, to, for him to be our lead and our guide. So, no, I wouldn't say this is in accordance to salvation. Oh, it's not according to the salvation. Yes, that's what I would say. So it's, okay, well, it's, I, I have to take time. That's fine. <laughs> because here in verse 13, we'll go ahead and do 13 and 14, is what we're talking about. How do we get in him? <clears throat> and this is the last two quote-unquote sentences, or I guess the last sentence, the last two verses in this long sentence. So we can't ever, we shouldn't ever separate verses 13 and 14 from the rest right. of it. And we kind of covered it last week, and we're going to kind of cover it again this week. And verse 13, Jusan Setsu, In him you also trusted. And when did you trust? Was it before the foundation of the earth? No, it says that in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So when do we trust God? When do we find ourselves in him? It's after we hear the truth, the gospel. And like we were talking about back in verse 9, having made known the mystery of his will, which is the mystery of the gospel, that, that Christ came and died for us, and that we need to proclaim it boldly. Like that's, that's the word of truth. That's the gospel of your salvation. It's so important that that comes first. We're never going to be saved through anything else other than the gospel, which is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and and living each day with that in mind. And it says here quite clearly that we trusted him after we heard the word of the the truth, after we heard the gospel. So it's so important that we preach the gospel to other people, to tell them who Jesus is. And it says, In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So after we hear the word, we trust in the Lord. We are then, and because we do all that, we're believing. We get sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So when we believe, the Holy Spirit sent to live in us, um, which is something amazing, miraculous, that's sometimes hard to understand, that we have two spirits in us. One is my spirit, and one is the Holy Spirit when we believe. 
And when we receive the Holy Spirit, we're sealed with it. That, that word sealed is kind of like a wax stamp on those old letters you see in you know medieval or ancient movies. They, they would use these stamps to, to seal a letter to make sure that no one else reads it and that you know that these are the words from the king or from the mayor or governor. So the seal, the Holy Spirit, when found in us, is the seal of the promise. Um, but we can't have the seal if we're not in Christ. We can't have the seal if we never hear the gospel, if we can't have the seal if we never trust in God. And so in verse 14 it says, Who is the guarantor? This is the Holy Spirit, is the guarantor of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. End of the long sentence from verse 3 to 14. And so we have this idea that the Holy Spirit, when he comes to dwell in us. He's the guarantor of our inheritance. Remember that we were, we just talked about being predestined to an inheritance. It means we haven't received it yet. There is a, it will come. We will get uh, new resurrected bodies. We will get the promise later, but we don't have it yet. But what we do have is the Holy Spirit, which is a guarantee. It's um, money put down to buy a car or a house that guarantees that we have access or we have, um, what's it called? Pre, it's not preeminence. We have, we have dibs on the house or the car. We, we pay money down to say, we want this. And so when we get the Holy Spirit, it's God saying, this one is sealed for the inheritance. This one um, is going to receive that inheritance redemption of and so that redemption of the purchased possession is when we die and cast off these fallen bodies and we get these new sinless bodies like Jesus received after he died and raised again. We too will get those sinless bodies and we too will raise again from the dead. And all of this, all of these little praises, all of these spiritual blessings is to the praise of his glory. And so the grace that we are shown, the grace that we're given is the amazing forgiveness, the amazing truth that we can hear and receive and understand. And when we... when we, It's not like a seal, I mean, that we have like a driving permit that we can, we can, we can drive to the heaven or that we have permission. If you don't have a permission, you cannot go into the heaven. But if you have a permission... You can drive into the heaven. It's not like it's not. It's like that. I don't know. It's similar to that, but I would say your driver's permit is based more upon you, oh, my That's your true. performance, and That's true. and this seal is not based upon your performance. This seal is That's based upon true. God's performance. This seal is based upon right. His That's performance. Right. So uh, it's yes. it's okay. I, I get the analogy, but. But it's, it's it's almost a guarantor. Yeah. No, because I'm I'm good. Somebody guaranteed me. It's because of that that he is so good, so he guaranteed me. Yes. Guarantor. Correct. And he guarantees us after we hear the word of truth, and then we believe, and then we trust in him, and then we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So that's that's when we get this guarantee. That's when we get this mark for inheritances after we've done all these things. It's what it says in verse 13. And so we don't have that 
purchased possession yet. We don't have that holy body yet. We have the Spirit, uh, which is with us and will guide us and help us to walk in this world, but it is not complete yet. This is not all there is. There is a time coming when this sinful world will pass away, these sinful bodies will pass away, and we will get new bodies, those that are in Him. Ted, I think this is a I think this is a difficult uh, difficult part for Japanese in general to understand this because the Japanese people are educated to be good mm-hmm. to be hard working since they are little I think I'll, I'll put it yeah so the the it's I- like a like a free gift of salvation is almost like a isn't it Tanelsa, what do you think isn't that Japanese people to, difficult for Japanese people to understand that it's the gospel is a gift it's not based on our performance it's God goodness so we can just open our arm and just receive it but for Japanese people we are educated to do good are the right to let's say that the, like a like a job if you don't do well on the job you get fired mm-hmm. or if you don't do well on on, on on let's say that study you cannot get into a good school it's almost like those you know those uh, thinking patterns we, yeah. it's really it's grinded us but don't you think Mayusa, we really have to do good to receive something good It's difficult to understand. So, Neosa, can you explain to Mayusa? I think it's a, my my explanation is not really clear. It's not really clear. I I can understand about that uh, Yobo-san's uh, question uh, as well, uh, good uh, in detail about that. Uh, difficult for the many Japanese to do good things mm-hmm. to receive the gospel oh. gospel is a, it's like a salvation mm. that is good so we can just need we, we can receive the gospel mm. the eternal life uh, that the, the right to be his his child not because of our based on our performance not because of we are good because he is good, so we can receive it. No matter how we are, who we are, we can receive it because he is good. He's a creator. He created us. But many Japanese think that the no, that's not works. That's not how it works. Oh. We have to be good. We have to work hard to earn the right. We just like job. We have to do do the good performance to earn the good salary or you have to work very hard to get into the good school you cannot just sit there and get into the good school we cannot just sit there and earn a good salary it's not it's not how it works the world works we have to work hard we have to strive to earn the good result that's how Japanese people think I think Mm, uh, I 
and now I understand that uh, many Japanese think about uh, the, uh, when many Japanese to do uh, uh, good things. So uh, they have, uh, they might have uh, the the aim, the purpose. Uh, there is a uh, purpose or aim. I think that. Uh, so uh, for for uh, no aim, no purpose uh, to do the good thing is many Japanese no uh, choice to do. That, that's a good thing. Uh, mm, so, uh, when uh, many people uh, do something, uh, there is a, any, uh, and there is a, some purposes for, mm, for money, for, uh, for the salary, for the, to do the job. And so, there, is a, there are many purposes for uh, which they uh, want to have uh, to uh, to be a good uh, score or to do a good things uh, I can <laughs> I can't uh, explain about the uh, in uh, to understand for years why you said now you getting understand a little bit a little bit she's a new generation so I will <laughs> How she thinks. What do you think, Mayu-san? It is still good. It, do you think that that way? Do you think that to earn the good thing, you have to work at it? If you want to get the good thing, you have to work hard. Uh, yeah. Ah, okay. Still, she still thinks that way. Yeah, the world teaches you that to think that way. Work hard for your money. Work hard for your home. Work hard for your family, and it's and all of the other religions out there are based on works because they look at the world and say, "Oh, this is how the world works," and so you have to earn your salvation. Whereas in Christianity, is such a, a different message because it says, "No, no, I've already done it. I've already, Christ has already done it for you. Like you don't have to do." That perfect life. You don't have to do that. I already did it for you. <coughs> it's so countercultural. It's so backwards to our minds that it is hard to fully understand and receive what Jesus has done. I was watching YouTube last night, and there's a quote: "Blessing boys," and the, the, these boys, the Christian boys, I mean men. They they look for the houses has uh, all, all the bushes and dirt and not taken care. Of. They go and do it for free. Oh, cool. They clean up all the yard and um, clean up for free. The people can't believe it. Mm -hmm. They ask how much does it cost? Nothing. No. It's free of charge. Mm -hmm. They say, why do you do that? And because we are blessed, we want to share the blessing. That and they broke it down to tears. Nobody will do that to us. Mm -hmm. Thank you. The, but that's how it works, right? That's that's when we talk about the kingdom coming near, because we oh. get to to choose to walk like God's kingdom. Because so often it's how much can I get? How what what? How much power can I get? How much money can I get? What can I get for me? And it's all me centered. But but God's kingdom flips it upside down. And says, what can I do to give? 
God's done so much for me. What, what can I do? I can't pay him back. Every, all this stuff is his. I, I mean, I can work, but it, it just it doesn't. It's it's never going to equal. So what can I do, God? What what do you want me to do? And that's that's when we start getting into the what God's will is for us. What is God's purpose for us? So now we need to see your house because how it works. Snail son, check the house. He he gave everything to the neighbors and you know he keeps getting in Japanese house, university house. Most of the stuff he gave uh, gave away, but now he got to his new house. He has everything. So even better. So we were expecting to come home to nothing. We were expecting to come home to just and empty walls, empty floors, and we're going to need to buy groceries and everything. And so my mother-in-law and some people from the church and some friends um, came and set up our house for us. So we have uh, a nice living room with a couch and chairs and rocking chairs. Uh, Christmas tree set up. Um, yeah, so that so we got toys when we get right up to everything. We have this nice uh, table, set rug, coffee station, uh, dishes. Uh, the kitchen was crazy when we got here. We, we opened up the cabinets because, you know, when you move into a new place, it's, it's usually empty. But they, this was all here before we got here. So we were super blessed by... It was it was it was less full. Uh, we we've done this, uh, but yeah, we had milk and juice and a couple things. We kind of filled it in. They bought us bacon. And the food was not as um, soft, but that's fine. What nice refrigerator! Uh, it, came, it came with the house. The the the, the stove, the refrigerator, the microwave were all stainless steel. And, uh, they came with the house, so that that oh, wow. that came. Nice. That came with it. We've got a stove and then a stainless steel uh, fridge. Wow. Got our wash, washing and dryer machines. And wow. Just, just got it all set up for us. It was a huge blessing. Wow. See? How many days have you lived there? <laughs> three, three, three days? Like, thir- thir- we were here Thursday, Friday, Friday. Oh. Today's Saturday to me, so we've just been in. Yeah, they've been living there for five years, right? <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Nelson, that's how God works. Our God, our God, our God, our Creator is a wealthy. So, so my son, our Creator is wealthy. The 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 God did the miracle to Jed. It's the same father that we have. Mm-hmm. Snail son, you, you believe in Christ. He, Christ is watching over you at just as Jed just received. My son saying, if, you be, if we believe in Christ, we share the same father. And he loves us as much as Jed received. So we don't have to be envious. He, we have the same father. We're going to be blessed as much as Jed has and, and we bless others and that's just how we're supposed to walk in the world. Yeah. Amen. 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 
All right. Let me finish us with prayer. And if anyone has any questions or wants to go hear anything else, we can do that. Lord, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for this time that we have got to spend in your word. Lord, help us to understand what you have written to us so that we may know the mystery, that we may know the will of you, which is the gospel that we need to share with other people, that we need to be transformed by your word and be made more in your image, Lord. Please help us to depend on you and trust on you and your amazing grace, the gift that we can't earn nor deserve that you freely give us. Help us, Lord God, to trust in you each and every day and just seek you out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So, yeah, we're super blessed. Uh, we are so glad and uh, he, he's still looking for a band so we can pray for his band and we can we can be happy when he got he, he gets a band perfect band yeah well that'll be old and but it'll be good can't afford anything right now yeah. but god has it all figured out and we're just waiting patiently to see what he does he, he will give you a perfect band at the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway. Oh, cool. Anyway, any oh. questions about this morning or anything at all? So we, we will, for now, we can continue. For now. This, this hour. We're for sure going to finish the book of Ephesians. Okay. Which, which will take a little bit. Okay. Okay, Okay, everybody have a great week. Y'all have a blessed Sunday. You too. Bye. Yeah. Matinee.